peeps, you have arrived. This is Next Level Radio number 54. Son of a bitch, we are flying. This one is something that is near and dear to my heart, something that I've got very, I I would say, almost uh, addicted to, something that has really taken over a lot of my time and my day. But on Next Level Radio, what we're trying to do is we're trying to answer the biggest questions in business, finance, real estate, investing, strength and conditioning, coaching, communication, adventure, all these things to bring to you the coolest information that you can find, the coolest people, not including myself, the coolest people that sit right over here. Those are the people that I have had the privilege of getting to know and learn from that I want to bring to you guys because that Rolodex of people is phenomenal. But today, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's only me. It's just me today. I, I, I'm sorry to uh, ruin your day, but just don't turn off the podcast. This is a great one, I promise. But uh, you just get me today. I'm sorry. After, after going with Jay Liggins, former Philadelphia Eagle, then we had French Contrast. Before that, we had just some great guests. Today, it is just myself. Let's get into it. First and foremost, what are we chatting about today? And if you go back, and I want you to listen to episode 51. If you have not listened to episode 51, stop what you're doing. Go to episode 51. Listen to it from start to finish. Get the overall makeup of the crypto market. Okay, that it's that is uh, cryptos for dummies. Okay, just very simple, giving you every single thing that you need. Today we get a little bit more in depth. Today, we talk about specifics. We talk about a lot of different things. But the reason I did this is um, for episode 54. It is now May 22nd, um, two to three days after this major cryptocurrency crash. And so I wanted to hopefully ease the mind of people that are in the cryptocurrency market, um, zoom out to that 30,000 foot view and give you guys what is on the horizon, in my opinion in opinion of other people much smarter than myself, what do we have to look for and possibly give you guys some things to hold on to as we progress through this crazy, crazy market. And so if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, we had over a 50% um, consolidation or a pullback or the the freaking chart jumping off a cliff and going red, whatever you want to call it. There was a massive pullback upwards of 54, 55%. In the in the major cryptos, your Bitcoin, your Ethereum's, and um, so at the end of the podcast, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what happened, why did it happen like this, and the consensus behind that, and a lot of a lot of that the narrative that's going on. Um, I will get into that at the very end. So today, um, as I said, absolute crazy week. First, go listen to episode fifty-one, please. But my introduction into the crypto markets. And um, my sister's boyfriend, Evan Larsell, had been dabbling in the crypto market for a good few years. And so he he was very passionate about the market, what it had done for him, the, his ability to deep dive and find a passion within projects, within different, different coins was very interesting to me. And we were at Christmas and I jumped on as soon as I could. Um, as soon as I had funds available to do that, I jumped on the bandwagon. And from there, it's been something that 
I really love learning about. And I do have a different perspective from Evan. And it's both of our perspectives can actually lend some great knowledge for each other to help elevate us. I mean, he's family, I'm family, we want to elevate our family as a whole. And I believe the crypto market gives you the ability to do that. Um, it also gives you the ability to lose a lot of money if you're not smart about it. So I want to give you guys those tools. And so my introduction, Evan got me into it. And um, at that time, he made this like really good batch of like red Kool-Aid, real stout red Kool-Aid, had a little bit of goodies in there, just this really thick, dark red Kool-Aid. And he asked me to drink it. And I asked him, what's the name of this Kool-Aid? And he said, it's XRP. So at that moment, I drank the red Kool-Aid of XRP. I'm within the cult of XRP, these maximalists. Okay. I truly believe in what XRP can do. I truly believe in that. But I, uh, I went in, I drank the red Kool-Aid, then did my due diligence, which is something I should probably do before I drink the red Kool-Aid. But anyways, I, uh, I got into the crypto markets through his education and through my personal education through the markets and was able to acquire a good chunk of XRP around 30 cents. So from there, um, this is not, this is not an entire podcast about my holdings, what I do, all that. We already did that. So very briefly, my holdings, obviously in your big, big few. So I have uh, Bitcoin holdings. Uh, my portfolio also has Ethereum, XRP, um, Constellation DAG or DAG coin or DAG uh, token, BitTorrent, which we won't talk a little much about today, but um, we will later down the road. And then Coin AIOZ. So I keep it very simple. You know, a lot of people that have PancakeSwap, Uniswap, Binance, QCoin, Voyager, Coinbase Pro, all these things, and they have they're they're interchanging all these coins all the time. Well, I, maybe I'm just a wuss. Maybe I'm just too conservative. But the tax implications when you're when you're exchanging coin for coin or crypto for crypto can be extensive. And as of right now, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So you are paying that short-term capital gains tax, which is much more than your long-term capital gains tax. So think 365 days a year. So what I do, um, I actually, the day I buy whatever crypto, I set a calendar date 366 days after that. So I May 21st, I set it for May 21st, 2022. So that I know that when I pull out, or if I want to exchange coins, I'm not going to be in that short term, short term capital gains category. And that's something that helps my brain because I day and swing trade the stock market. And I'm okay with accepting short-term capital gains for that. This crypto market is more of my long-term investment. So I'm only investing in coins that I truly believe can be a long-term investment for me. So that allows me, it forces me to do a lot of research on the actual coin, the tokenomics behind it, the company behind it. And is it going to be a viable, reliable, consistent coin 366 days down the road and further. So that's my mindset's just a little bit different on it, which is fine. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I go about everything that I use. And so today, a little overview, we're going to give you guys the apps, the websites, everything that I use that has helped me 
navigate this very wild west of the crypto market. Um, it, it's it's already got a lot better. 2006, 15, 16, 17, like nobody knew what was going on. It was very hard to acquire these coins. Um, and the stigma behind it was much more negative than it is today. These are just very simple apps that I like to use that um, will help elevate you guys. So I had a Zoom call with um, family and friends about the crypto markets, and we went over some of the stuff that we use. And a lot of this stuff helps you navigate this weird, weird market. So first and foremost, um, check out this new, this new, uh, this picture I got for the the podcast. Just freaking good looking. I absolutely love it. So go to, to go to Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review, man. Leave it, subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. One subscribe helps way more than you know. It's a ripple effect. So please, if you get a chance, go to iTunes, go to Spotify and go to YouTube. Show us some love, man. That we don't, I don't get paid for this. It is Saturday and I'm just sitting here because I love doing this and I want to give you guys something. So please, if you guys get a chance I, from the bottom of my heart, it would mean the world. Even if you pause this podcast, didn't listen to the rest, you subscribed, come back and listen to it later. It, it means the world. I hope you guys know that. So I appreciate all you guys listening um, right now. So one of the, one of the apps or um, websites that I've used, and I found this through um, an online search, is what's called Lunar Crush. So Lunar Crush, very basically, is a conglomerate of algorithms that can uh, find coins that have a big social impact. So all of your social medias, how much are they referenced to? How much are they talked about? Um, and it gives a score for that. So you're going to have a coin of the day and you're going to have these major coins, excuse me, that are having a lot of traffic that are being talked about a ton. And so Lunar Crush gives you that, gives you that ability to look at that. But the most important thing is it gives it a score. And from that score, you can also look at the white papers, everything about the company. And for me, that's very important because I can go to one site, I can find the coins that are be talking about what's up and coming. It's it's to help you find those up and coming coins like where Doge Dogecoin was, or Hoge, or Shiba Unu. So this helps you categorize that in your head, but also gives you the tokenomics, the white papers behind the product and behind the company or the token. So that's very important to me. Um, so let's go here real quick. Let's go to markets. So from here, you'll have your coin of the day, which is... Didn't have one today but it'll have a coin of the day for you. So right now in the world, AMP token is the most talked about. So it has an 80.5 galaxy score. This galaxy score um, is from zero to 100. Galaxy score indicates how healthy a coin is looking by combined performance indicators across the market and how deep the social engagement is. So that gives you that. It also gives you the altcoin ranking, meaning a shit, shit coin ranking, altcoin, it's interchangeable. Um, and then it has a correlation rank. The correlation rank is organized from zero to 100, bearish to bullish, and defines the correlation between social engagement and coin prices. So has the social engagement drove the prices up yet? Has that caught up? It's going to give you the price. It'll give you the pairings as well. So the first number is going to be your USD price. And then it's going to have below 
the Bitcoin price. So that's that's very helpful. Um, it's going to have your changes over time, 24 hours, one hour. Um, but the cool thing is going to give you the market cap, the volume, the dominance, how volatile it is, how much their circulating supply is. In the crypto market, this is very important. How much of the coin is circulating and how much, what's the cap? What's the cap of the coin? So that's very important too. But then this is where you get your score from. Social engagement, social contributors, social dominance, and then your average score, your average sediment. So that's very cool. Um, but let's go to a coin here that um, that we will talk about today. Let's find DAG. So DAG Constellation, we will talk about it a bunch more. But once you click on this, um, on your coin, it's going to have your whole summary. It's going to have your galaxy score, your alt ranks, everything you need to know. And very importantly here, the pairings. So Qcoin, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, is a exchange that I use for smaller projects. Something that I can get into paired with Ethereum or Bitcoin instead of paying just in USD like your Coinbase's or your Voyager's. So it's going to show you the pairings that you can buy it with. So DAG, you can buy with Tether, Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, and on some USD. So those are that's, that's very important because now it's going to show you exactly where they're at. So you can get this where I would consider safe on Uniswap or KuCoin. Some of these I don't know and I do not mess with. And so if you do, awesome. But KuCoin is a huge exchange. And then the cool thing about this, this is what I really like about it. So you're going to have summary, galaxy score, alt rank, but then you hit about. And from here, they're going to have linked to their websites, but also they're going to have linked to their white papers. And people in the crypto market, their white papers is can be the tokenomics of the token, um, the description of what their end goal is trying to be. And so what is the company trying to become? What problem, what business problem is it trying to solve? So that's very interesting. I, that's why I absolutely love Lunar Crush. Very simple, but it's able to give you all the information you need in one spot. So it was just like the Reddit for um, Wall Street Bets. This is finding those new up and coming things, but it's also correlating and populating all cryptocurrencies and giving you the information you need to be successful. Next, is, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Next is Nexo. Nexo is a, um, is a wallet that I've used. Um, think of it as in traditional fiat currency. Think of it as a bank. Okay, You put your money in that bank. That bank can now lend out your crypto in different types of loans for people. From that, you get an interest off of your lending to the bank. However, instead of your traditional 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3% interest rate, where you're actually losing money due to inflation. So the inflate, meaning the inflation rate is steeper than the actual interest rate. So you're actually not gaining any money. Instead of that, you can actually, you can actually put it in there and get upwards of, I believe Bitcoin can be upwards of 12 to 14% interest rate. My um, XRP is 8%. It's actually 6% if you get paid in XRP, but it's 8% if you get paid in the Nexo token. So then you can transfer from Nexo token to USDT or USD and um, get that money. So this is a great product. Um, Nexo is just like Celsius or Voyager. This 
app specifically pays in daily interest. So you're going to have your overall, um, your overall interest, but let's do this here. I want to calculate. Calculator. So say you want, um, you have 20,000 coins <clears throat> of XRP. What this is going to show you is how much interest you can acquire from that coin and that amount. So I hit XRP. Say so you have 20,000 coins. Your interest is paid out daily. However, on a yearly basis, if I have 20,000 XRP, I'm going to get $1,400 of USD yearly paid out for nothing, for keeping it on this exchange. That's pretty awesome. So then we go to monthly. I'm getting $120 a month for free for just having it. And daily, I can get up to $4 daily for doing nothing for keeping it on the exchange. But this is where I want to uh, preface this. And um, the whole, the, the entire overarching goal of cryptocurrency is to have decentralized currency. These types of things, Celsius, Nexo, all those break that rule because if you're not storing it on your ledger where you have control, where you have the seed phrase, where you have all the information, that is now holding the keys to your, your crypto. So there's an inherent, that's why you get the increased interest because there's the inherent risk of having it on that centralized exchange. So there's that give and take there. So how I, how I go about it is I keep half of my um, XRP on my ledger and I keep half on there incurring interest and going from there. So that it's a good, it's a good way to get passive income from your investments instead of dividends, you're getting it an interest. So the next one that I use, which is quite possibly one of my favorite exchanges is KuCoin. KuCoin is an exchange that is very vast in the amount that is acquired of all the cryptocurrencies. So you can have, so if you think about Coinbase Pro, Coinbase Pro is only going to carry the top few cryptocurrencies, allowing you to buy in USDT, USD, USDT, um, and you can do some types of exchanges. But KuCoin, you're able to find those smaller projects such as DAG, that's the, what we have the graph up here for, um, and gives you the ability to buy with different types of cryptos or with USD. And so KuCoin is a very popular one. So this isn't just something that's popped up that you're going to get, uh, that you're going to lose all your money for. A very in-depth user interface. Um, instead of like a lot of people that trade crypto cryptocurrencies, they use Robinhood and they all buying Dogecoin. I wouldn't consider that you being in the crypto market. Like you're just buying because you heard somebody else is buying. This is much more in depth. Okay. You can put limit orders, stop losses, just like the traditional stock market. And so um, I'm not logged in on mine here, but down here at the bottom, it's going to have your main account, your trading accounts, your ability to trade, what you have um, in pairing so that you can trade for other coins. And then here you can go limit orders market orders, stop losses, X, Y, and Z. And it makes it very, very simple so that you can maximize your returns. You can also trade on margin, which is 10X of your account. And you can also trade futures, which is 100X of your account. 
Be careful with that though. Um, the cool thing about this is their charts are actually provided by TradingView. And we will go over TradingView a little bit um, when we talk about Bitcoin and the Wyckoff uh, dilemma here. But TradingView is a great free platform. If you want to purchase it on a monthly or yearly basis, you don't get the ads, which I don't do. Um, but TradingView is a great, a great charting um, interface charting company that you can use for your cryptos. So, I mean, you can do everything you need here, just like on TradingView, uh, Fibonacci retracements, any type of um, info lines, any type of trend lines that you want, you can do on here. So KuCoin is a very good place to store your stuff. Um, so then we get into Coinbase Pro. So seems like everybody and their dog uses Coinbase Pro and... Um, Coinbase is just very easy to use, a very good interface that you're able to buy, store, and sell, and deposit, and withdraw your crypto. Um, biggest thing I want you to pay attention to, though, is you do not want to do any of your trading on just Coinbase. You want to do it on Coinbase Pro. The fees are much more minimal, and uh, it's, it's just a better interface for the changing or for the purchasing of your cryptos. Uh, you can get your free coins, your uh, educational coins through Coinbase. Uh, but it, it's, it's one company, but it's going to be two different apps that you're going to use. So if you have stuff on Coinbase, you want to make sure you get it to Coinbase Pro or your actual external wallet. So, um, I won't go too much over Coinbase because a lot of people have it, but then we get into, um, Uphold and Uphold is so simple. Let's find uh, what it looks like here. Uphold is so simple. It has a three-screen system where one is the markets. It just looks like this on your phone, but one is the markets, one is your portfolio, and one is to deposit and withdraw. That's it. It makes it, it almost makes Robinhood look very technically um, extensive. Uphold is so simple. Um, the only reason I have used Uphold is during this SEC lawsuit when Coinbase and Coinbase Pro and Voyager, all these companies delisted XRP, I used Uphold because Uphold kept them on there and your ability to buy XRP was still there. And that's the only reason that I've used Uphold. I actually never store anything on Uphold. I purchase, I withdraw to my, my wallet. Then possibly the most important app that I'm going to go over is not an exchange. It's not anything um, of that nature, but it's called News Now. This app here is News Now, and you can type in any cryptocurrency you want, any type of stock in the traditional stock market, anything you can think of, index funds, um, any companies. And this is going to populate, auto-populate. It's almost a Google search for that specific coin or stock um, or any type of article or topic. And it's going to populate by minutes, hours, and days. So you can go to latest news. And right now, the only news article, it's on a Saturday for XRP or Ripple, the company Ripple is six hours ago. So six hours ago, it says XRP falls 17%. Um, and then it says, here's how much XRP's XRipple CTO dumped this month, X, Y, and Z. It's going to give you the latest news articles. How I use this, I go here, on Coindesk and I see that XRP is at 88 cents and I about shit my pants. Well, what the hell's happening? What the hell's happening? So I go to news now, 
I can find the latest articles on what's going on that correlate to what's going on in the market. Hands down, possibly the most used app that I use. Um, News Now is very, very good for that. And then moving on from there, I won't show these here either, but MetaMask, Uniswap um, are ways that you can use Ethereum tokens to purchase other cryptocurrencies, smaller projects that are not on your Coinbase's or even your KuCoin. So that's uh, something I use. If you ever want any detailed information on that, just let me know. It's it's a little bit more wonky than your simple Coinbase, Coinbase Pro or KuCoin. So um, that's that's pretty much it. But if I had one one opinion or one recommendation, get this on your favorites watch list. Get this on your desktop. News Now can be a game changer for profitability. Then now we get into the bulk of what's going on and kind of the new projects that I'm very excited about. Uh, there's a there's a lot of new coins all the time, so you have to be able to weed through the bullshit. But there are some few projects that I'm very excited about. And we're going to start with um, XRP. I'm not going to pull up anything. Uh, I, I have a very good base knowledge of XRP. But um, XRP, like we've talked about, is one of your top coins. Okay, so it, it was listed on Coinbase Pro. There is discussion of getting it relisted on Coinbase and all your big major exchanges, which is going to cause a pump. But a lot of these people are trying to cover their own asses with the SEC lawsuit so that they can possibly not have to deal with the issues and the ramifications that come with that. So very basically, go listen to episode 51. I go over everything you need to know XRP. And um, previously, I think four episodes prior, I talk about XRP very extensively. I'm not going to waste the time talking about it because if you have not done your due diligence, if you've not researched XRP, and if you seem to not agree with the token, awesome. But if you've done your due diligence, if you've read the white papers, if you've read about the company Ripple, if you've got behind what they're doing and the actual business problem they're solving, the possibilities are endless. So I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to try to reel you into XRP. If you haven't thought about it, if you have not thought about the people that are on the board, if you have not thought about the business problems they're solving, if you have not thought about the people that are already using it, the banks that are already using their technology, then I you're missing the boat. So um, I'm not going to go over that too much, but XRP, a global payment processing. So it's going to be used as that bridge currency for global payment transactions. So the best way that I've um, put it before in the past, say you own a global marketing firm. This marketing firm, just like Fiverr, if you get any business owners know Fiverr, you can hire freelance marketing people on the click of a button. So I needed a podcast um, image done and I hired somebody. He was actually from Iraq and I paid him through the app and X, Y, and Z. Well, if I pay him through the Fiverr app, it's a guarantee that he's not going to get those funds instantly. He's going to have to wait X amount of time for Fiverr to um, actually verify those transactions, get it from the US dollar to his, his currency, and then he gets paid. XRP, the, the company Ripple, allows for that global payment processing to be instantaneous. So going from the the pound to US dollar to 
whatever global currency, it acts as that bridge and gives you instantaneous verified transactions. Okay. So the ramifications, the ability of what Ripple can do and XRP can do are endless. And so I'm not going to get into those too much because you guys have heard me rant about them. I hope that you guys can see the potential for what XRP is doing. And um, you talk about Elon Musk, and I'll bring him up later. But Elon Musk posted, we can't accept Bitcoin anymore just because of the fossil fuel dependence. Well, he posted a picture after that of the cryptocurrencies that use the least amount of fossil fuels. Guess who was number one on the list? XRP. So the ability to not have dependence on fossil fuels and the ability to have instantly verified global transactions as a bridge currency, I, I, can't, I can't go to bat for them enough. So I will make you a batch of red Kool-Aid. It'll taste great. It's not going to hurt you right now. Drink the piss out of that, uh, out of that Kool-Aid and do your due diligence. Think about what this could do for our global market and our global economy. So I am done talking about that. Now, this is um, the project that I have. So I had a good buddy, Logan Franson, bring up this, this, this coin called DAG. And the network is called Constellation. The company behind it is called Constellation. But this, this coin called DAG. And I was uh, intrigued, but also at that point, I didn't want to do any crypto to crypto exchanging. Well, um, I was able to go through Qcoin and use some of my Bitcoin to purchase DAG. And um, I finally ended up jumping on it. So I waited, I waited, I waited, and I thought that the coin was going to be too far gone. I wasn't going to be able to get in early enough. And then May, Mar, or excuse me, May 20th happened and everything crashed. So it gave us a, a great opportunity to get into DAG. And um, we had a family group meeting that talked about DAG and what it can do. And so we'll go over this very briefly for you. I'm going to preface this with, I read through the entire 25 pages of this white, or 23 pages of this white paper, going over everything about DAG and Constellation. And I think I could process about three-fourths of it. The other one-fourth, straight over my head. Absolutely, positively over my pay grade. So I'm going to give you everything that I found very interesting about the product and what the problem, and that's that I talked about it on episode 51. You have to look and say what business problem, what global problem, what processing problem, what people problem is this project going to answer? If you can find that, you can actually believe in the company behind it or believe in the token behind it or believe in the fundamentals behind it. That's when you can really start getting in early. You can now buy the dip because you have confidence and hold for over that 365-day mark and actually get very good returns on your money and not getting taxed out the wazoo. So without any further ado, here we go. So very basically, the company constellation or the network, the coin associated is DAG, D-A-G. Let me get down here to where I'm starting my highlighting. So DAG um, 
is a, I mean, it's been beat down, absolutely beat down with this crypto market right now, but the Constellation decentralized network. So this is the ability to be decentralized, meaning we don't have a central location that is controlling all transactions, all type of money. It's very hard to shut down decentralized networks because there's not one master node or one master um, network that controls everything. So Hypergraph um, is Constellation's decentralized network. It enables and defines a new economic model that is dependent on all the stakeholders and actors in the network, including the cryptocurrency DAG. So holding DAG tokens within the Hypergraph network permits access to Constellation's ecosystem and data-rich solutions, business, and products. So this entire paper will go over very basically the Constellation network and the DAG token. So we all know this and we've seen the court cases with Facebook. We didn't realize prior to the internet bubble, um, we didn't realize how important our data, our personal data is. When I say data, what we're interested in, what gets us fired up, what we um, start arguments about, what we're very interested in products or services, because now they can tailor marketing campaigns to that person and increase the likelihood of you purchasing that product. So what Hypergraph and Constellation does, Hypergraph um, looks at existing digital infrastructures and acts as a global accounting notarization and audit layer of digital information and activity. So the ability to not have our data sold for a price tag, okay? Um, with DAG, um, it allows you to notarize instantaneously and will connect with real world data and assets and business performance activity to a currency. So by creating, this is where we talk about data selling, or the selling of data. By creating walled gardens around data, tech companies use these new products and solutions to further mine, productize and monetize user data. So before I keep going, if you're using an app, so it's free to get on Facebook, correct? Well, not really. If it is free, if the product is free, you, you are the product, okay? You're the person that is actually going to be purchasing everything because they are an advertised run business model. So the perceived value exchange amounts to new products to purchase, applications to use, and services that meet user data profiles and interests. The general public does not think of data as a currency and is more than willing to supply their information, data, in the belief that the value exchange of the service provider is justified. So when you sign up for Facebook, you checkmark the box that they can use, collect, and store your data. So prior to Facebook, we didn't think about the ramifications and how important our data actually was. So what they're saying here is the general public does not think of data as a currency and is more than willing to supply their information in the belief that the exchange of your data for their services is justified. That's where Facebook completely, and it's not just Facebook people, it's everything. That's just a great um, example. So from an economic perspective, people do not view a scarcity of their data in the same way they would a shortage of physical currencies. 
In contrast, when people think about physical currency, they understand the value exchange because they pay for things that are of value to them, which directly impacts their bank accounts. The abundance of data has created a distorted reality on the economics of transactions. So us as humans give value to this coffee cup. So I will pay for this coffee cup, which then decreases my bank account. What DAG and Constellation are trying to reiterate is that data does have value. And us giving away our data is like giving away free currency, free money. So this is the problem that they're trying to solve. So the physical transfer of money for products does not come with a payload of information and data to tell you about these products. So when I buy this, it doesn't give me a whole PDF document of what this is made of, what it can do, X, Y, and Z. So as we go down here, I'll start trying to wrap it up a little bit. So some of the, the features of the DAG network, or excuse me, the Constellation network and the token DAG, you're going to have, and this is, there should be an asterisk here, instant fee-less transactions. However, you have to have X amount of DAG within the network. You have to have X amount of nodes made so that you can have those instant, instant fee-less transactions. So direct streaming data validation through the hypergraph transfer portal or protocol, integration of external data source or blockchain, concurrent consensus mechanisms, a, do a domain-specific programming language. Um, that, that should be there. Good. So biggest thing with this, um, the actual DAG features is you now have cross-chain liquidity without additional routing, meaning all these different blockchains, all these different chains, all these different currencies can now communicate through this one network. So this network allows you to communicate, you could say, with these other types of blockchains, other types of cryptocurrencies, which is huge. Absolutely, positively, a very huge impact. Just as big as XRP's impact is going to have with the global payment processing. So. Um, as we go down here, I'll try to I'll try to wrap not wrap this up, but keep it simple. So, DAG is defined as information gained or lost. So the DAG token is actually based off of how much information is gained or how much information is lost in the terms of bits per second. So, as we go down here, the 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 to acquire DAG, you acquire DAG and that is necessary for the cross-chain liquidity and swaps. So you need to actually acquire DAG to have the ability to be in the Constellation network and to have cross-chain liquidity or cross-currency or cross-blockchain liquidity. So in order to promote community governance, governance for the network, DAG would allow holders to propose and vote on governance proposals to determine features and or parameters of the network. Long story short, your your ability, your responsibility of holding DAG, you now get a vote to um, have different features or parameters on the network. Um, this is a very um, important, very important number here. So the circulating supply of DAG in the Constellation network. So the max supply. Absolutely, you need to have that max supply. That's just exactly what Bitcoin has done. And that's what Dogecoin has not done. It doesn't have a top cap. So you have 3,693,588,685. 
Okay. The current circulating supply is 2,320,488,684 DAG. So as you can see, we still have over a billion coins that are not circulating at this time. Then we get into the nodes and I'll try to keep this very simple because my understanding of it is simple. Node, how many nodes are out there? The uh, validators, you have 226,900,000 node validators. That's, that's the overall, that's as many as there will be. How many wallets are held by Constellation? Uh, the community is 31,453,506. Very important to have, and this gets us back to supply and demand. We need to have a end cap. We need to have um, a, uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it, end cap of currency so that we can have a, a demand for that. If there's just an, no limit on how much can be made, the demand and the actual price of that is not going to sustain. So, um, Payments of DAG incentives to these nodes are proportionally based on each node's proof of reputable observation score. So you're going to have a score based on um, the proportionate of your node. So the maximum pro score is one. Then we get down to the node um, information. And so, like I said, having X amount of DAG allows you the opportunity to have your own node, which then can have the opportunity for you to have a passive income as you validate these types of transactions. So they're having a bunch of different phases. Um, as we go through there, they're going to have your equation of how much DAG you are actually receiving from the amount that you already have. So think of it as interest. The more you have, the more you're going to get. Um, what else did I have here? As we go down... As more, so this is pretty cool too. There's an incentive for holding more DAG and having more people in the community. So the more people in the community is going to allow higher speeds of the network. Um, so as more nodes join, the speed of the network will increase substantially, but each node's relative rewards will diminish until an equilibrium is found. So we had that max number of nodes. Our speed of the network is going to continually increase as we go, but then there will be an equilibrium. There will be a number that you get in return for having that node. Um, again, this is what I talked about to start feeless transactions, if and only if there's X amount of nodes and X amount of DAG within the network. So feeless transactions are enabled by holding DAG or by running a node. The DAG held within an address relative to the circulating DAG supply will determine its throughput allowance. This percentage will determine its proportional share of the maximal total or bandwidth of the network at any given time. Increases in the amount of DAG held or the number of nodes operated in turn increase the bandwidth available to a network participant. More DAG, more nodes, faster transactions, more bandwidth. So as we progress down, as, a, as the first truly free economic or excuse me, economy, it removes the middlemen and lets all stakeholders participate in the success of DAG. So it's taking out all the middlemen in all the transactions that we don't even realize there are. So um, any node running 
will be incentivized in DAG. You'll be paid in DAG. And if you really want to, you can transfer that over back to USD as long as our world still is pumping and using the US dollar as the global currency. Um, what else do we have? Had some more here. So the summary of it for you guys, I read the whole thing. And like I said, I got three fourths of it, but here's a summary for you. The traditional economic model for data movement within distributed ledger networks is based on a pay per transaction economy. Whilst this is a clear advancement towards the decentralization, democratization and monetization of data tied to a currency, it has limited ability of many cryptocurrencies to scale beyond a store of value and peer to peer transactions. To enable a scalable and free digital economy to prevail, we must converge decentralized networking and tokenized economies with scalable data infrastructure, tools and best practices used by centralized tech companies. In the, in the fee per transaction model, costs quickly become prohibitive and non-viable for businesses and machines dependent on these means to accelerate growth and prove process thousands of transactions per second. So, this is the very basic overview of what DAG does. For just your basic overview, you are able to hold DAG, the increased amount of DAG that you have, you have the ability to start your own node, which can which not cause you, allow you to create passive income by validating all these types of transactions and getting a type of passive income for yourself. If you want to keep it in DAG, awesome. If you want to get it back to USD, great. But this has the ability to scale the network past one centralized, one centralized means. It's going to be a decentralized network with many different nodes. And like we talked about, very important that we have a cap, very important that we have a cap of nodes, and then we get to equilibrium to that specific number that you will get as the increase of nodes happen. So... This is a coin that I have already invested in. If you guys have not had the opportunity yet, right now is the opportunity. Actually, I am down a little bit because I got in at about 0 0.000005 and it's like 0 0.00004 right now. So your ability to get in is uh, awesome. I think a good buddy of mine put $200 and he got almost 5,000 DAG. So your ability to acquire a bunch of those is great right now. Oh, let's go here. So now we're going to move to a coin that I recently ran across, and I'm going to make this one a little bit more brief, but the coin AIOZ. And um, the way I like to talk about this is our video streaming capabilities have always been run by the powerful few. So if you think about video streaming, the first name that comes to mind is YouTube. But then you have your Netflixes, you have all these different types of centralized, um, gov not government run, but um, the government does have a say in what's going on with those. And many of them are left leaning video streaming services. And so the AIOZ coin is a decentralized video streaming network. So now we have the ability to cut down on our sen our censorship of the material on there. And I'll kind of go over a little bit of that on here. So the best way to get this, you would have to go to CoinGecko. You would have to copy the address. You would have to go to um, Uniswap and you'd have to use your Ethereum to buy AIOZ coin right now because it's a very small coin. So very basically, this one's a lot more cut and dry. Um, 
right now, as per the 2019 Global Internet Phenomena Report, video streaming accounts for the highest percentage of total, total global internet traffic. Meaning, we consume video more than anything else. Look at TikTok, look at Netflix, look at YouTube, look at Facebook. So with the figures for 2018, 2019, we're 57.7% and 60.6%. So we had over a 3% increase from 2018 to 2019, meaning that 60% of all traction or of all traffic on the internet is due to videos. So respectively, according to the latest statistics, video is forecasted to account for 82% of total internet traffic by 2022. TikTok has been a huge catalyst for that. So meanwhile, revenue obtained from video streaming is a continuous increase from 2017 to 2022 and is expected to reach 28.1 billion by 2023. So on the top of every single list in every single country, we have YouTube. YouTube has completely taken over and they really haven't had a massive competition for video streaming. So very basically, you have the ability to have a coin that allows for no censorship on their type of network. So let's just get to the quick and easy here. Decentralized networks, on the other hand, is operated by several individual nodes without depending on a single central server. The final response is the total of decisions of the individual nodes on processing requests. So now you can't just shut down YouTube or YouTube can't just shut down your videos. Um, you look at a lot of right-leaning things, gun con- or excuse me, not gun control, the opposite of gun control, um, having and purchasing and carrying and following our constitution on gun rights. Those get censorship all the time. So if you look at centralized versus decentralized, centralized networks can be censored, controlled, or even shut down. So YouTube can completely get shut down by the government or vice versa. Um, it can be censored, like we just talked about, any type of gun. Um, what am I trying to say here? The ability to hold and purchase and be a responsible gun owner can be uh, censored on there. But many other things are censored on there. Um, and so that can be controlled by one central entity. Centralized networks have the limited scaling possibilities. We can't get past the scaling infrastructure of the centralized network, and then the operation around a single master can soon result in a bottleneck effect, meaning we have all this data, all these videos, all these different types of perspectives into this bottleneck, and now we're only seeing one simple thing, Fahrenheit 51, baby, 451. This is the epitome of censorship burning our books. YouTube does it all the time. So AIOZ um, allows you the ability to not have these types of things. So on a decentralized network, there's no single point of failure. If one node fails, that does not shut down everything else. Decentralized networks can be infinitively scaled. Depending, just like DAG, depending on how many people are within the network, we can expand the speeds, we can expand the network, and we can expand your ability to scale past just one central server of YouTube. So decentralized networks archetype offers higher privacy for all the users. So we're, it's, it's, uh, it's a basic algorithm without the need to have your data passed on to third parties. 
Okay. And then more autonomy and control over resources and censorship. This is the most important part. Censorship is less likely to take place. It is more and more popular that governments shut down their citizens' access to social medias due to some political reasons or political perspectives. This does not allow for that. AI's AIOZ coin does not allow for that. And then there is a potential for network ownership. So however much AIOZ you own, just like DAG, you're able to have the ability to own parts and votes of that network. Um, so this is, this is a, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just leave this to you guys. If you guys want to look more up, I have a bunch of, um, stuff highlighted on here. You can have the ability to make your own nodes. So there's a worker node and a hub node. Um, this allows you to earn that passive income, but also help in verifying transactions all over the network. So I just want to go over one more thing here. The last thing on here that I had highlighted. This thing was a long one, ladies and gents. So this is the benefits of the AOZ coin. So it is cheaper than other centralized um, networks. The AOZ, A, God, I have a hard time saying this one. AIOZ ensures high security and privacy for you and whatever content you're putting up. But this is probably the most important part. If you know, if you've ever dealt with YouTube, so I have great audio. I have great video. I combine those files. I make my YouTube video. It's a massive file. I have had it take upwards of two days, over 48 hours to upload to YouTube. So AIOZ supports smooth streaming for high quality videos. Your ability to upload with increased amounts of nodes, upload is much quicker, but you can also support up to 8K videos like that. So the ability to upload 4K and 8K are, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so much quicker, but it, the possibilities are endless. So you can stream quicker, you can upload quicker, which allows for more traffic on the network. And then anybody can earn in more income by consenting to participating in the AIOZ network. So that's becoming a worker or a hub node. That ability to get passive income through being an early adopter into AIOZ is pretty freaking cool. So that is why I absolutely have invested in AIOZ, and I believe it's something that can change our entire landscape of censorship and video production and streaming. So um, that is very basically the kind of the new projects that I've been really, really interested in. And man, I'm really excited about DAG, but I'm also very excited about AIOZ. And my largest bag is in XRP. It's my, it's quite possibly my biggest and uh, my biggest hedge against our fiat currency. And its ability to be a global payment processor is out of this world. So I, again, I'm not going to um, scheme you into getting into XRP, but it's something that you should possibly think about. And so from there, we get into kind of what is happening in the crypto market right now. Um, things are getting freaking crazy with Elon, with China, with everything that's going on. So we are going to deep dive into that, give you the simple and easy, my perspective of kind of what is happening 
on that end. So as I said, for everybody on Facebook, you're more than likely going to be seeing more of the computer of the screen here than you are going to see of my face, which is the best deal on this very beautiful rainy Sunday. Um, so just pushing forward and um, kind of getting where we left off of. Biggest thing that we talked about, we talked about new projects. We talked about um, apps that I've used apps that help me in the crypto market that I've learned from people much smarter than myself. And uh, so that was what we talked about prior to, we talked about XRP, we talked about um, the Constellation Network or DAG, and we also talked about AIOZ coins. And if you have questions about that, you'll just have to listen Friday. We went over all the white papers, everything you could think of. Uh, I, like I said, I read through the entire thing and about a fourth of it went straight over my head. But... I wanted to go live on Facebook for this last quarter of the podcast for a reason. Um, one, get people starting to think about what's going on. And two, to help you guys understand that this is absolutely nothing new. It sucks. You wake up and your portfolio is completely trashed. However, um, this is something we've seen before. So let's start there. Um, we're going to give a very brief breakdown of the Bitcoin chart. So Bitcoin has its dominance in the crypto market. It, has, it was the very first coin, um, and hopefully it doesn't turn into like the Napster of the music industry, but there is um, a breakdown of our Bitcoin chart. So I want to show you guys something because everybody that's just got now into crypto are freaking out. They want to sell. They want to liquidate their positions. They want to get rid of everything. But I want to show you some stuff that may help ease your mind a little bit. So this big, massive market crash here. So I'm uh, I'm from swing high to swing low here on the um, chart. And I hope you can see this at least um, enough to kind of get the entire picture. So from that, we are about 65 Yep, about 65,000 here at the high. And then we swung all the way back down to about 30,000. So that's a $35,000 swing. Biggest thing that I want you to pay attention to, though, is that is a 54% swing in the price. Okay, so we consolidated over 54%. I wouldn't even call it consolidation. I'd call it falling off a cliff and then continually rolling and rolling and rolling down that cliff. So this is right now. This is what's been happening the last few days. It's a 50%, 54% pullback. Okay. Then I just want to show you these numbers because charts can kind of be um, confusing as your, your axes can be different. So you can make a lot, you can, depending on the, the axes here, you can make the charts look a lot more severe or less severe with how you're zooming in. So for you guys to see this, to see percentages and to see percent gains. So as you can see here from this original little bull run starting in December, we went all the way up 251.5%. Okay. So we went up 
absolutely skyrocketed to the moon. And this is where people are very confident they um, are greedy. This is when human greed really starts to set in. So we went up from about 19,000 all the way up to that 60 mark. So we've seen these moves before. And then I want to show you a little bit more here. So this is from 2020, about end of August, up until that December run. So we are able to go from here to there, almost a 97% increase. Okay. So we, what, what I'm trying to elicit, what I'm trying to show you when I talk about this is this is a volatile market. People got into it knowing this. So instead of really, really letting our emotions set in and absolutely sell everything, liquidate everything, I can't believe De Bitcoin's dead. Um, China isn't allowing Bitcoin. Ch just chill out for a little bit. Okay. We've seen what is happening in this market right now. And I'll even go back further and show you guys the, the buybacks on Bitcoin were massive in the United States. Obviously, we've had that consolidation from China, but we've had a massive buyback into the United States. So then we go back here. And this is where I'm saying this can be a little bit deceiving. Okay. So this pullback right here is 54%. Okay. And now we are in about February, March of 2020, this pullback right here is 54%. Okay. So we've seen a very similar pullback, a very similar consolidation jumping off that cliff. We got a 54% decrease in um, price there. And that was, like I said, at the start, uh, February, March of 2020. And then we keep on going back and back and back here just to show you guys, this is the daily chart again. Um, for people that aren't in it, that means every single candle is one full day. Here, we saw an over 240% increase. Okay, I hope this is hitting home. I really hope this is hitting home. This is a very volatile asset. And then the big crash back in 2018, 2017. So this right here from swing high, we're at about 19,000. 19, down to that 65, 6,000 mark. That's a drop of 68, almost 67% in the price. And the run that led up to that as greed started setting in, we had a, wow, 1,000% increase from our original point of about 17, 1,800, all the way up to the swing high of 19,000. So this is what, and the reason I bring these up is to show you that this is nothing new. There's nothing new about what's going on. It just happens to happen that they have big news out of China. Elon has um, talked about not using Bitcoin as a currency because of the fossil fuel dependency. And it all was almost this perfect storm, okay? And I'll talk about kind of the other news behind that, but it was all a perfect storm and we saw the result of that. So nothing absolutely new on top of what we've seen in the past out of Bitcoin. Again, a thousand percent run, 70% drop. We got a 240% run, 60% drop, 100% run, 
a 250% run and now are over. It's going to be over 54. It's going to be closer to 60 by the time um, this is updated. And I did this chart a few days ago. So, so what is happening? Why, what is all this? And I want to say price action in an asset is not all completely due to just news. News is a piece of the puzzle. Okay. Um, earnings in the traditional stock market news, um, any type of those things, it's all pieces of the puzzle, how it's been traded in the past, how volatile the actual asset is. And so it's all just been this kind of perfect storm. And we get into Elon and I, this is, this is old news, but I want to show you guys this for people that haven't seen it. Elon talking about, they have suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin because of the fossil fuel dependency. The amount of electricity that, or excuse me, energy, electricity that um, Bitcoin has used has been astronomical in the past and has gotten nothing but worse. So here's an image for that too. Just the um, electricity consumption as we progress throughout. So we're up into this point here. Um, this just shows you what news a perfect storm, what news can do and what somebody such as Elon can do to this market. So I, like I said, I don't believe that this entire sell-off and I'll get to that. I do not believe, and I hope nobody else believes that this entire sell-off is due to what Elon said. It is not. Um, it is all pieces of the puzzle. But he talks about um, finding a alternative to Bitcoin because of the fossil fuel consumption. And you guys know, like I said, I've drank the red Kool-Aid, very stiff, great tasting red Kool-Aid of XRP. And um, XRP is on the top of that list of how clean the transaction, how clean it is to actually produce that um, certain coin. So this is just one part of that puzzle. And as many of you guys know, as we got through it, China has suspended the use. They will not allow the use of Bitcoin. A big thing, and the reason why this is such big news, and I wanted to bring this up here. Um, where are we at? Give me one second. So we're getting close. I just had it. Oh, there we are. So China is currently the most vibrant market in non-bank mobile payments. In 2018 and 19, it experienced a growth rate in electronic transactions of 55% compared with less than 10% in the United States. So the dependency on actual non-bank mobile transactions, mobile payments is much higher in China. And so that, that news saying Bitcoin cannot be used had a lot more packed with it. So that's, that's why it's such big news. It's 10% less than the United States or the United States is lower than what they are. And so, um, and has reached a mobile payment um, of 86%. So 86% of the transactions were non-bank mobile payments. That is why this is such a big deal. And China has now tried to criticize and take away Bitcoin, a perfect dictatorship, um, communistic move, saying, you will not use this cryptocurrency but you will use our cryptocurrency, their um, crypto that they will be making. And so that's, um, that's another piece to this puzzle of what happened with all this news that's going on. And so um, as we progress down, I want to explain and my, again, my understanding and my experience and my knowledge 
of um, what I'm going to say now is very base level, but it makes a lot of sense um, and kind of gives you a look at why we're seeing what we're seeing. And again, this is not financial advice. I'm not a professional. This is just what I've seen, what I've been able to uh, brainstorm in my head and kind of go from there. So if you guys have not seen this Reddit uh, forum, you should look at this Reddit forum. Very, very popular. Just talking about what's happening with Bitcoin manipulation right now. And really what is happening, a lot of hedge funds have, and this is all rumors, it's off of Reddit, talking about Justin Sun and his massive position within Bitcoin. He is the creator of TronCoin. Anyways, there has been some um, issues with him um, possibly being with another person's wife and all this, all, all this uh, roundabout middle school rumors. Well, anyways, they uh, the the reasoning behind this the people are talking about is they're trying to liquidate his position in bitcoin causing him to liquidate his positions um in bitcoin so but this also if we lay over richard wyckoff he um made he wanted to allow the retail trader the information that he knows of what hedge funds are doing to the market and manipulating the market. And um, he just felt that these people were getting fleeced, that these people were getting screwed because um, they're getting pushed out or liquidated and selling their positions because of market manipulation. And so he made the um, he made his Wyckoff demonstration here. And it just kind of shows it kind of shows kind of what we're going through right now and laying it over the Bitcoin chart. Um, again, I did not make this chart. This was a pre-made chart here, but it's nice because it's on trading view. You can kind of see exactly what we're looking at. Um, but what this distribution shows is how the market can be manipulated, exactly the points of emphasis along that point, along the few different phases so that you can see exactly what's going on so that you're not just getting pushed out of your positions and you can kind of have a sense of um, security that you know what is going on. Again, this is the financial markets and especially the crypto markets. This is very volatile. So uh, invest at your own risk, but this is kind of what the buzz is everywhere online. So the Wyckoff distribution method, and this is laid over on the Bitcoin chart. Okay, um, you can't read these words. I'll I'll point them out and read them for you here, just so you guys can kind of see what's going on. And so, um, first off, these are different points on the Bitcoin graph. And so, first off, you're going to have the pre preliminary supply. So this is the first bull run into um, into the ranges that we're talking about here. So we get a big massive push. Exactly what we had. Let's go back here exactly what we had here, a massive push into these ranges of all-time highs. So as we keep going forward, let's get down here. So phase A, we have the preliminary supply. It's the first bull push into those ranges expanded on the Bitcoin price chart. Um, and then we get into the buying climax, meaning volume is at an all-time high. So volume here was at an all-time high on Bitcoin, uh, meaning we had a lot of transactions um, going on on the exchanges. So we had a very big push. And then this is very important that you have to look at the volume, making sure that we see that big volume climax. And then we get a secondary test. So bearish retest of the structure makes an attempt to take out recent highs, but fails. Okay, So it tries to get up to our all-time highs. 
and it fails miserably. Okay, we drop back down. It is not able to overtake that previous high. Then we get into phase B. We get an upthrust, a swing from that failure. Okay, we drove up. We came back down because we couldn't break highs. Now we're going to get a push, a swing up into um, those price targets again, and it fails to establish another high. Okay, it's making a lower high. Then, and I'll just show you that there then. So then we get a big push right here, obviously lower than our previous high. We made a lower high. We cannot break through that push. Then um, we get a show of weakness. We get a bearish price action on Bitcoin, essentially starts to show weakness of the asset. So we get our big push and now we're coming back down into these levels where we originally pushed. Then we get into um, phase C, uptrend after distribution. Essentially a liquidity grab, a bull trap, which takes place at key levels in phase C. Bitcoin establishes this by falling close to above and trapping long buyers before an impulse down. Okay, so now we get this little bit of a push back up into highs. And this is where we start the gradual takedown of the asset. And so um, where am I at here? Last points of supply, consecutive lower highs in the characteristics in this phase. Consecutive lower highs. Here we go. We push. We come back down. We consolidate. We make a lower high here. We come back and we consolidate. We make a lower high here. We come back and we consolidate. So this just keeps on happening as we tank all the way down. Um, Price in control by supply and continues with consecutive lower highs. Shows of weakness is great in this phase. Taking out the lower boundary of distribution usually proceeds with a significant bear rally. So this kind of, this is overlaid on the Bitcoin chart. You can kind of see that. I hope you guys are able to see it on Facebook, but this gives you certainty of where we're at. And again, this, this could be complete bogus. This is something that has been talked about, uh, the Wyckoff distribution method, but it all makes sense. And a lot of the Reddit forums, a lot of, um, what people are talking about are seeing Bitcoin get down almost to 25 and 20,000 Let's look at what it is right now. I haven't even checked this morning. So right now we're at about 33, um, depending on what you're looking at. XRP down to 70. Um, so this is showing you where we could possibly go before we get our next push. Why would the, why would this uh, why would this happen? Why would people want to manipulate the market like that so that they can get lower entries into the asset? Us retail investors do not have the ability and do not have the luxury of, oh crap, I missed buying 10 Bitcoin at $100 in 2015, whatever. We don't have the luxury of tanking the market and allowing us to get a lower entry. However, we can take advantage of what is going on right now. And what I want to reiterate, Bitcoin is not dead. It's far from dead. Again, we've seen these almost identical pullbacks in Bitcoin. This is 54%. Again, we've seen these pullbacks. This is 54.7%, almost identical. We've seen these pullbacks. It's not a killer of the asset. It is just what is happening in the market right now with this perfect storm of news, Tesla, China, and what is going on with this Wyckoff distribution. So 
I don't want you guys to freak out too much as your net worth in your crypto portfolio is absolutely tanking. Um, I'm on the same exact boat. So uh, if you guys, let me check the Facebook feed. I doubt there's any questions, but let me check that real quick and we will wrap this up. So I appreciate you guys all coming. I appreciate you guys listening to what's going on. This is episode 54. We will have the entire episode. I had an hour of previous uh, discussion about what's going on in the crypto market, talking about new coins, new projects that I've been talking about and getting into. And so if you guys have questions, just listen Friday. This Friday, we will release the podcast. This will be part of it, but it'll only be the last fourth of that podcast again. So I appreciate everybody. You guys have a great and wonderful Sunday or whatever day you're listening to. This has been another episode of Next Level Radio. Peace. Peace.